I would say a significant portion of our of our team right now is in uh, what I would think of as a, as a pretty high uh, income bracket. We 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 pay yeah. well, and I remember the yeah. first time uh, we had someone come in who they cost one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and it, it was it was absolute. It was a little bit of sticker shock, but this person was incredible, just incredible. And, and prior to that, we'd hired maybe B plus people and, and paid a B plus salary. Yeah. But what we found was uh, we looked at each other and said, let's let's do this. And that person's still with us today. Yeah. Several years later, they're a leader in the organization. Yep. Their pay has grown significantly yeah. from from where they started. Yeah. Uh, and it's. It's, it's there. We rely on them uh, in this organization. They're a delight to work with. This is Durable Value. Get investing and business insights from industry experts and successful entrepreneurs every week. Like and subscribe now. So today we're going to talk about how to hire exceptional people. And I guess we should start by saying, you know, what is our version of exceptional people? Yeah. Which seems self-evident, but it really isn't. For us, we've talked a little bit about core values, but exceptional people starts, it absolutely starts with core values. It starts with people that exhibit honesty and integrity, extreme ownership, caring, humble, excellence and execution. And if they don't exhibit those characteristics, we can stop there. Yeah. Because they have to gel with our organization. Absolutely. So I, I would say... Often I walk into a room and start the conversation and you can spot someone who's a 10, like the way they carry themselves, the way they approach life, uh, the way they answer questions. It, it, it stands out. I, yeah. What we often say, we are only willing to hire 10s. I, I don't know exactly what that means yeah. other than we hire A, or a has, plus people. It has <laughs> to, uh, another way I like to say is it has to be a hell yeah. Yeah. It's either a hell yeah or, or a no. no. That's it. Yep. And and I was talking to a candidate recently where uh, it has to be a hell yeah for them too. Absolutely. If if this isn't uh, if this is a moderate fit or uh, a stepping stone or whatever the case may be for them, it's not going to be a good long term fit. So you know we we need to mutually say this is a hell yeah. I often look for the feeling inside that says I can't believe we could work with this person. Yep. Like this person elevates the organization. Yep. Like when they come into a meeting, everyone else is going to look around and be like, I need to bring my A game. I need to my game because of this person. And uh, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy that as you add yeah. incredible people, the very, very best people you can find, the whole organization's elevated and everyone ups their game. I up my yeah. game. I, you know. and, and going back to that uh, idea of mindshare or mastermind rather, this idea that someone who brings a new competence or a high level of competence in a specific area, we now as an organization collectively have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And to be able to go into an interview and talk with someone about their area of expertise and be dazzled yeah. because, you know, saying back to the idea of, you know, feeling privileged to work with exceptional people, you being in an interview and, and saying, wow. This yeah. person knows a lot more about their area of expertise than, than I can or will know. Yeah. I would say a significant portion of our, of our team right now is in uh, the, what I would think of as a, as a pretty high uh, income bracket. We, we, we pay yeah. well. And I remember the yeah. first time uh, we had someone come in who 
they cost one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and it, it was it was absolute. It was a little bit of sticker shock, but this person was <laughs> incredible, just incredible. And and prior to that, we'd hired maybe B plus people and and paid a B plus salary. Yeah. But what we found was uh, we looked at each other and said, let's let's do this. And that person's still with us today. Yeah. Several years later, they're a leader in the organization. Yep. Their pay has grown significantly yeah. from from where they started. Yeah. Uh, and it's. It's it's there. We rely on them uh, in this organization. They're a delight to work with. And I, I think one of the big takeaways for me from that experience was we kind of did this gut check and we said, "Okay, are we ready to do this?" And we said, "This is more competence or you know a higher level than we think we need right now, but we think we might need that." But the real eye opener was once they started coming to work here and unlocking all of this additional knowledge, oh, wisdom, yeah. expertise. And that was kind of the, the, the pivot for us, I think, when we realized that we need to be finding lots and lots of those people because yeah. we don't even, I, I guess that's the, the awareness is we didn't even know what we could uh, benefit from out of a relationship like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it changed the whole organization. I mean, now I'm I'm highly motivated by doing a large enough volume of business to be able to hire world class people throughout the organization at all the detailed levels that it takes to operate yep. with excellent results uh, with yeah. incredible people, and that that's been an absolute joy. I mean, since that person we've hired, I don't know, five, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. you know, in that well compensated, well compensated people that. Yeah. Just blow our minds, you yeah. know, almost almost every day, which lets us be better, and uh, and it is a joy f- makes for a great place for them to work. So absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about how we do that. Yeah, we we've talked a little bit about why we do that. Um, and actually, sorry, I'm going to back up a little bit. One other area that uh, has become a part of who we are is this Netflix idea of a talent dense organization. Mm-hmm. And this idea that I don't come to work because my business has foosball tables or they have masseuses. Those are all nice perks. Great if they do. Great if they don't. I come to work because I have stunning colleagues. The quote is, stunning colleagues are better than a foosball table. Uh (laughs) Absolutely. It's a joy to work with a people to be in 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 a meeting where people are coming up with incredible ideas and have the experience to back it up. I mean, that makes this an exciting place to work. Yeah, I I want to constantly be challenged to raise the level of challenge in our organization so that people like that continually find challenge, you know? Uh, It's a, it's in a sense, it's an undertaking. Yeah. Because if you bring on someone who does fine in their role, they're they're not going to expect much, you know, they'll do their role and there's not a lot of expectation. But man, you bring on a rock star, and uh, there's mutual expectation. But you know, it it goes both ways in the sense that we need to continue to up our game as an organization to bring that challenge and that fulfillment in their careers as well. Yeah, what what I really enjoy is having rock stars in niche positions, yeah. not just a rock star generalist. Like I've been in business 25 years, and I've done that. But yeah. no, no, I did charging stations at apartments at this complex, this complex, this complex. Yeah. Really? How to go? Well, we we ran into this pitfall. We dealt with this, or yeah, uh, you know, in finance or, or um, 
accounting to have absolute uh, niche, uh, incredible yeah. rock star people is incredible, especially when you're around a table and there's, there's no piece that's going to fall through the cracks. Yep. Like there is competence in that room with everything that you're going to undertake. I love yeah. that part. Yeah. So now let's talk a little bit about how we do that. Right. And this is an interesting thing because we're, we're based here in Modesto, California. And to our knowledge, we're the only investment manager in the Central Valley, uh, seven and a half million people. And uh, with that, the skill sets that we need are very niche skill sets. Right. Um, so it's, it, it's not easy. Uh, but I think it starts, and what, how it has started with us, is by having a, a strong pipeline of candidates. Well, I suspect we are increasingly, or maybe we already have, or we're getting close to having the best team within 100 miles, 50 miles. Easily. I mean, yeah. Sacramento to Fresno, because our, our, our staff draws from Sacramento, Stockton, Fresno. Mm-hmm. I mean, it draws from this 7 East million Bay area. Yeah, East Bay. Yeah. Uh, but but we're, we're getting the best people from those areas who often are approaching yeah. us. They, uh, they see these videos or they know people that are a part of our company now and they want to be a part of what we're creating. And we find that a lot of times those are our best candidates when they've already decided in some way that this might be a great fit for them and they want to bring their talents and do the best work at their lifetimes at this company. Those yeah. are the people that we want to work with and those yep. are the people we, we love working with. <laughs> well, and um, for those people to... Find out about our company. Uh, you know, it, it's a it's a conscious effort, I guess you could say. Initially, uh, we thought of things like these podcasts as ways for uh, the broader community to get to know us, know our investment strategy, that sort of thing. But one of the things we've realized is that opportunity and capital are not our biggest constraints. Our biggest constraint is having exceptional people. Yeah, uh, because we won't. Settle for a seven or a not a hell yeah. You know, it needs to be someone who blows our hair back, so to speak, because that's that's what we've come to appreciate. And uh, and well, it's who that, we are. It's our ethos. It's our it's who we yeah. are. And and with that, we've recognized that we need to be putting ourselves out there as a company, as a culture, so that people have a better understanding of our culture, and it becomes a a first filter. For people to understand how we operate, who we yeah. are, and if that's the kind of environment that they will th- will thrive in. And this is why culture and mission and values are worth a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> and also make uh, our environment a, a great place to work. If talent is our biggest constraint, then anything that puts a drag on talent is is you know yeah. killing the organization. Yeah. So the fact that we have a clear mission statement that we love and that really makes sense to us and that we've lived by for four or five years now, and then we have core values that we've talked about in other episodes and um, you, you, yeah. you can see, but um, that are really important to us, that we actually live by, that we bonus around, that we grade our people by, those things make our company a great place to work. They reduce organizational friction and they help us draw the best talent pool in our region, you know, in uh, in business development or in marketing, you'll often hear people talk about that your existing customer is your best source of new opportunity. What's interesting is you can take that same analogy to uh, employee development and yeah. to your your pipeline of strong candidates of employment, 
because if you have a culture and an environment that people are thriving in, that they're enjoying, they end up becoming your spokesperson for the company. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think of uh, a couple instances or several instances really where our employees end up being the, the spokesperson that gets these exceptional candidates interested in applying. Yeah. I, I often think about the idea of empowering people. We're, we're a pretty flat organization, and uh, I'll, I'll speak to the group I lead, but I work, and I know you do too, is I work really hard to have them making decisions. Uh, it, it doesn't work well when someone a couple layers down comes up and says, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think about this? And they have to go through that whole buy-in process. Yeah. When we hire tens, and what I say to them is, like, you are here to be a decision maker. Like, that's the hard work. Decision making takes guts and courage and research and a plan and a reputation. It takes all these things. And, and that's why we bring great people in the organization so they can make decisions. And especially when someone's made four or five great decisions in a row, it's really easy to give them runway and latitude and trust. And uh, if, you, if you hire for character and culture and competence, yeah. You don't. There's less organizational friction about worrying about each decision because people bring into the organization the ability yeah. to make great decisions. You know, another tip I was just thinking about for hiring exceptional candidates is be prepared for them. I've often heard it said that luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. Yeah, and the same applies for for the uh, employment world as well. Mm-hmm. If we have. Uh, on several occasions, hired for roles that we knew we would need or competences that we knew we would grow into. And it may not have been the exact moment that we needed that, Yeah, but we were focused on where we're going versus what do I need right now? And that takes some internal fortitude because it does mean at times hiring someone earlier than you need because that's when that person, that 10 or that hell yeah is available. Yeah. Well, we're in that process right now. We've hired a couple of tens yeah. that are really going to help us with this year of growth and the opportunity in front of us. But you have to ha- you have to lead with talent. You have to lead with value. You can't. Yeah. This is where it comes to entrepreneurship and to partnership. But you can't uh, have the opportunity on the table and the right people at the right time. Uh, my experience, and I think our experience is, y- you often have to lead with the talent. Uh, and then the opportunity comes. And that, mm-hmm. that does take a, a gut check. Fi- finding the right people requires, uh, you have to always be hiring. At this point, we are always hiring. In fact, I think we've hired three or four in the last, I don't know, month or two. Yeah. Uh, but the point being is you don't know when great people are going to want to enter the organization and you have to always be ready. And there are times when a person's come and they're an absolute 10 and we're not quite ready for them. But we still hired them because we we yeah. saw where that could be, and that's that's worked uh, that's worked well for us. But to be clear, we've hired through referrals, we've hired through employment agencies, we've approached candidates, we've emailed yeah. fifty people on LinkedIn. I mean, we have been scrappy to get to the talent group that we have now. Yeah. As we get bigger, increasingly we get more inbound leads. But to get there, you have to you have to do you have to put in the work. Maybe you can talk to that. I know you've yeah. sent a lot of LinkedIn emails in your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it just goes back to you get what you invest. Yeah. And f- one thing that we've recognized is that having stellar, stunning colleagues is an important aspect of how we operate, and that takes work. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I can think of a role, a couple roles that we're hiring for right now. And instead of having people that were sooner than we need, it's the opposite problem where we can't find that hell yeah or that 10. Yeah. And, and having the, the fortitude, even though our organization needs it, we need that relief. If we can't find that right candidate, it, it costs too much to bring on someone who isn't everything that we need um, and, yeah. or, or they don't have a cultural alignment with our core values. Yeah. If I look at our team now, we are batting way above our weight class. Yeah. I, I think of our I think of our VP of Finance who managed a three three billion dollar portfolio before us. Yeah. Much, much bigger than 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 us currently. I think of our uh, VP of operations who managed 70 employees in a nine hundred million dollar uh, organization. I mean yeah. much bigger than than us. I think of our I, I think of our teamers. One one guy led a hundred and fifty million dollar farming operation. One one gal uh, was in charge of three thousand apartments and fifty nine employees. What's what's the co- the common thread here is there's a group of extremely talented people that have bought in on where we're going and decided to get on you know as Jim yeah. says to get on the rocket ship to be a part of what we're creating here and that that creates a tremendous amount of joy for for all of us absolutely I, we're we're in business because we enjoy doing what we're doing certainly there are benefits of it if we're successful we have financial rewards, but we spend the majority of our life in this thing that we call business. And the last thing that I want to do personally is go into a work environment that is a drag on my energy. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's probably a middle road, which is it's not a drag on your energy, but it's fine. Yeah. But what we found is that if we go into that environment where we come in and we're constantly challenged yeah and it and we we're forced to bring our a game because that's what everybody else is bringing it's even more rewarding yeah well i there's the other side of this which is i think of the last you know 15 years and there's been i don't more than at least a dozen times i've had to sit in on on a layoff or uh you know helping usher someone out, out of the organization and that that's difficult, maybe not you know an enjoyable thing to talk yeah. about, but you cannot build uh, a grade A culture, you know, w- w- without having always having people doing their very best. The Netflix book says uh, something like, "We support excellence, and acceptable gets a generous severance." Yeah, uh, average gets a generous severance, <laughs> and th- and that we we don't we never. Uh, I, I don't know how to say it other than to say that we've ushered people out of the organization very politely and, yep. and, and praising them, uh, you know, and, and giving them a severance and a bonus because they're no longer the right fit for the organization. Yep. And they're no longer, uh, you know, able to bring the A game that propels this forward. And that's a difficult thing to talk about. But an organization can't grow and flourish without pruning. Yeah. And that's, yep. that's a key idea. <laughs> yeah. And, and it allows us, it paves the way for us to be able to continue to bring on you know, just best-in-class people. You think of the person that you had to let go and how challenging that is for the organization, for that person, yeah. everything. But, it, but then if you also pause and think of all of those other A players or those people that, had a strong, that have a strong fit with our culture— Right. And they're 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 uh, 
having to work with someone who doesn't. And it's a, it's a drag. It's a, dra- it's a drag on culture. It's a drag on energy. Um, so it's not fun, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's challenging every single time. But we also view it as our duty to our exceptional, stunning colleagues to make those hard decisions. And I think that none of the people we have let go, uh, I, I think if you spoke to any of them, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I believe most of them would say, they, I respect those guys. They were great to work with. I mean, they treated me right. They treated yeah. me right. You know, it, yeah. it, no, nobody was just pushed to the side. It was yeah. respectful and thoughtful and caring. And people who have entered our organization, there's a, there's a, there's a love there. There's like a, this is a beautiful thing, and we care about those people. So, yeah, but, and, but we care enough to also prune. Yeah, absolutely. So, what, one, one last idea I think we should leave on is that business runs on the rails of trust both team members and owners, clients, investors, we all have to trust each other or or we trust is what makes the the thing work. And when trust is violated, the whole organization suffers. So to have a great place, to to have a great company with great team members, a thriving company, you have to build and lead with trust. Thank you for listening to Durable Value, an investor's podcast, where we demystify commercial real estate with safe, sound investment strategies to help you balance your portfolio. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, visit crusadapartners.com, where you'll find more information, investors tools, case studies, and more. This podcast is hosted by Joe Miratori and Ryan Suela. It's produced, edited, and mixed by Melodic, with intro music by Ian Post. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.